Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Mans McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm the culture editor of Oprah Daily. I'm Kristen Evans, a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we're setting up Matchmaker Maria, a business owner, dating coach, host of Ask a Matchmaker podcast, frazzled supermom, happy wife, mother's caretaker, and Instagram dating influencer. No surprise here that she's having a hard time finding time to read. A book that she did enjoy was Sex at Dawn, but she says that she's had her fill of dating nonfiction for a lifetime. Maria could give an on-the-spot TED Talk about anthropology and compatibility, and she loves Eurovision and cookouts. If you saw her on a karaoke stage, she might be belting out You're Welcome from Moana or Don't Speak by No Doubt. We'll use our extremely scientific process of examining answers to dating questions like these to help make a match with a great book. Maria, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. And it's very meta, the matchmaker being matched. I am laughing while on mute. We were so, (laughs) so, so excited that you agreed to come on the show, obviously, um, because, you know, we set up people with books and you do the same with, you know, a much more complicated relationship. It's a lot easier to return a book to a bookstore if it's not your favorite. So, you know, thinking about your job, what does it take to be a good matchmaker? I think two things. The first is to be a really good connector. You know, it's really important to have uh, long and strong networks of people that can help you meet other people to help you match clients. And the second thing that I think makes a good matchmaker is I guess I'm a professional matchmaker, so it's a little bit different, doesn't apply to everyone, but like knowing when to say no, you know, not everyone is meant to be matched by you. Your network does not fit everyone's needs. And if you're, if you run a matchmaking business, you really have to learn how to say no. What do you love the most about your job? I like, I love problem solving and I do find a lot of purpose in helping people. And I think that's what a lot of what I do is just trying to find solutions. And sometimes those solutions are, I think, to problems that people don't even realize exist. So like, for instance, you know, I have some clients that not all of my clients are like this, but some of my clients, they're a little bit too famous to participate in, you know, modern dating trends like online dating um, or even Raya and which is like a famous person's dating app, I guess. And so they'll hire us without realizing like, oh, well, no, let me extend you now. Like, let me coordinate your dates for you too. So you don't even have to like give a fake name. You'll just use my name. And like, you know, we just, we do all these other things and providing solutions for problems that I don't think they've been able to articulate while they've been trying to figure out that journey towards, you know, a relationship. So I think that's the best part of my job. <laughs> you say that you're your happy wife. That was part of your bio. Um, how did you meet your spouse? Were you set up by somebody? Uh, not purposefully, um, set up by someone, but one of my employees was best friends with my husband. I was single at the time and I knew with every cell in my being that I was ready to meet my person. 
And I took the initiative of, you know, making a list of what I thought was important qualities to have, not just in a future partner, but like in the future father of my children. And I thought to myself, you know, which of my friends is dating or married to someone like this? And I could think of two friends. And I went, I reached out to my two friends, to their partners. And I said, you know, if you go out with your friends, I want you to invite me. You know, I, I didn't want to depend on them thinking about setting me up because usually when you ask a man to set you up, they'll, they shut you down. They'll say, oh, no, my friends are idiots. I'm not going to set you up. Uh, but instead, I was just like, just invite me out next time you're out with your buddies. And, you know, eight days later, one of them did said, you know, I'm going to be in Boston and I'm going to be with nine friends. And if you want, you can come. And I was like, you got it. And I got on an Amtrak from Manhattan and I met all nine of his friends and one of them would end up being my husband. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> that is incredible. I love that story. Oh my gosh. What's something about being a matchmaker that might surprise people? What's a part of your job that you you don't think people realize? I think a lot of misconceptions are birthed about matchmaking from, you know, the reality TV shows that exist about matchmaking. And I always have to remind people that, you know, that's TV, right? Like just like you know, Grey's Anatomy is not an accurate portrayal of any ER you and I have ever been to. These matchmaking shows that are on Bravo or E! Entertainment, they, those are not accurate depictions of like what most matchmakers deal with every day. And what you're, what you are doing is, you know, you're in a customer support role and you have to be nice to people even when they're might even have delusional requests from you, or they're asking for something that is just not realistic. And I don't necessarily mean like that person doesn't exist. The problem is, okay, if this person that you're describing to me exists, would they want you? I think there's this perception that like matchmakers are like really angry and sassy. And while I am very sassy, I think that's actually my extroversion. Like I'm, I'm very matter of a fact and I don't like to waste anyone's time. Um, but I certainly would never tell like, it's weird. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I sometimes have women who like will meet me with like blowouts, but their hair is actually curly or they'll have like a full face of makeup when they never wear makeup. And it's because I think reality TV has told them that you have to look a certain way for someone to like, like you. And that's not, I'm actually pretending to be my client. Like I need my clients looking for their person and it's not, it's not, this fake person online on reality TV, they, they're looking for a real person. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, but that I think makes that is, sense. yeah. <laughs> yeah. As somebody I've, I've been married for a decade and uh, you definitely don't want to portray yourself as the person who always wears makeup. If that's not you, cause that's not me. <laughs> right. I, I had this one woman, I'll never forget it. She asked me, should I wear glasses on the date? And one of the other, you know, there's two other matchmakers on our staff. One of them was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't wear glasses on the dates. And my, and she asked her like, are you asking me like, should you not see on your date? <laughs> because you should be able to see on your date and he, he'll be okay with it. You know, this is your own insecurity that, you know, nobody cares about. <laughs> You're clearly very busy. I would love to know what your relationship to reading is like. Like, what keeps you from reading? Do you want to read more? Well, I don't know. What's your approach to books? 
That is such an excellent question. And you know what? That's actually the most popular question I have found myself asking my friends all summer. So if anyone has, you know, my children are three and a half and one years old. And I find myself the last three months this past summer asking my friends who's set, who's like last child is three years old or, or, or older. I always ask them like, do you find time to read now? Because one of the things that I miss the most the last 18 months is reading. Um, and because I, I just don't have time to like physically open a book. And also I commute less. I'm not in the car and at, at all anymore, you know, high pandemic. And so I don't even have time to audible. So it's like these like small, like, you know, I go for a walk every day for about 45 minutes and like, that's where I'll catch up on either a podcast or on a book, but it's like audible. I, I really struggle to open a book. And I keep looking at like moms who have older children and they all give me like the weirdest answers, which are like, oh, something else will be busy and you won't find time. And I'm like, no, no, I have to, reading such a fundamental quality of like who I am and not being able to have that in my life has been a massive struggle. I do read, I just don't like what I'm reading right now. So like a lot of the things that I have to read is work stuff. I, I, I do read a lot of like dating stuff. Like, you know, I sometimes have to review books, you know, whatever. And that I don't, I don't even consider that reading. It's just like, oh, I'm, I'm at work. Well, <laughs> anyway. well, obviously we are so excited to get into the recommendations. So, <laughs> so Maria, over the next two rounds, we are going to each introduce you to books that we love. Now we get points based on how much you like the dates we set you up on. So you win no matter what, because we're going to give you six great book recommendations, but one of us is going to win by being today's best matchmaker. So if we win, we get to uh, shout out our favorite indie bookstores. So today I'm going to be playing for Third Street Books in McMinnville, Oregon. Elena, who are you playing for? I am playing for Birchbark Books in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's Louise Erdrich's bookstore. And she writes about it in her new book, The Sentence, which I highly recommend. And Kristen, who are you playing for today? I'm playing for a loyalty bookstore in Washington, D.C. It was founded by a Black and queer bookseller, and they have excellent anti-Bezos merchandise. <laughs> yeah, we love to see it. We'll probably link that no matter what. <laughs> All right, Maria, get ready for your literary meet cute. Okay, so let's hear about your first pick. Elena, do you want to go first? Yes. Okay, Maria. In your questionnaire, you write that your favorite season is Athens in October, very specific, and that a book you recently enjoyed is The Island, an evocative work of historical fiction set in 20th century Crete. Based on that, I think you will absolutely love The Green Shore by Natalie Bakopoulos, a beautifully written novel that takes an intimate approach to Greek history and isn't only set in the summer because there is more to Greece than Mamma Mia vibes, although that's there too. The debut novel, which was published in 2012, follows one Athenian family during the military coup d'etat in 1967 and the nine-year-long dictatorship that followed next. Eleni, a widowed doctor, and her three children adjust to their topsy-turvy new normal in different ways. Juggling many lives and many characters, Bakopoulos does a tremendous job of balancing history with the tiny, vivid moments that make up a life. The book touches on big themes like love, resistance, and bravery, but where it really excels is capturing a family caught in history something I think that all of us can really relate to after the past year and a half we've lived through. That is The Green Shore by Natalie Bakopoulos. Okay, so Elena's first round pick is The Green Shore by Natalie Bakopoulos. 
Okay, Kristen, what is your first round pick? All right, Maria, in your questionnaire, you mentioned your love of travel and adventure. In fact, in addition to a dream vacation in the Greek Isles, you would love to retire on a cruise ship with your husband and sail the world for months at a time. Based on your appreciation for both anthropology and provocative nonfiction like Sex at Dawn, I thought you might appreciate a rip-roaring memoir about a young woman who enters the Mongol Derby, the world's toughest horse race. Rough Magic follows 19-year-old writer Lara Pryor-Palmer as she tears across the grasslands of Mongolia occasionally sleeping in the homes of nomadic families along the way. In short, propulsive chapters, perfect for a reader short on time, there's just three to four little pages per chapter, Prior Palmer captures the beauty of the landscape, the difficulty of the race, and the changing nature of her own internal weather. Rough Magic is a story of a young woman on the verge of a triumph and the stubbornness, self-awareness, and courage it takes not to quit. Okay, so Kristen's first round pick is Rough Magic by Laura Pryor Palmer. Okay, so for my first round pick, I zoomed in on one very particular thing on your questionnaire, and that was Eurovision. And when you think Eurovision, there's only one novel that you can recommend. So Space Opera by Catherine Valenti takes the idea of What if a Eurovision-like competition was the only way that the human race could prove its worth and runs with it? That's literally the origin story for this book. A reader once dared Valenti on Twitter to write Eurovision in space, and an editor told her she would buy the book sight unseen. The rest is history, a history you can literally buy in a bookstore right now. So a washed up band that's broken up years ago is responsible for ensuring that humans are allowed to continue in the galactic empire after aliens invade Earth. This is a ridiculous book. It's heavy on satire and it's lots of fun. Nothing about your questionnaire suggested you might have any interest in sci-fi, but who knows? This might be just the kind of escape that you need to get back into reading for pleasure. This book is absolutely ridiculous and it is so much fun. So that is Space Opera by Catherine Valenti. Okay, so let's take a look at all your first round picks. You have three great options. Elena's first round pick was The Green Shore by Natalie Bacopoulos. Kristen's pick was Rough Magic by Laura Pryor Palmer. And my first round pick was Space Opera by Catherine Valenti. So what sounds best to you? Holy crap. Like I am really overwhelmed right now in like a great way. Like every single one sounded amazing. And if I'm being honest, like Elena going up first all summer, I've been asking people in Greece, like, have you, do you know of any book that, that depicts, um, this other period in Greece, not the sixties, but like specifically like 800 AD, (laughs) like Greece's dark ages. Um, and I've been searching for books that kind of like to pick life, but I did not know about the green shore and it sounds like something I am going to absolutely love. Um, so that was like, you know, kind of like, wow. Okay. And then all of a sudden Kristen starts talking about rough magic. I love that Kristen kind of like zoned in on the fact that I'm a busy person. So I have to find something. I think that's probably, it seems like it's more prose if you're telling me like three or four pages. This book seems like the kind of book that I would force people to read if I like it. Like I would never, it's like, I want to read The Green Shore, but I don't, I don't know how many people I would be like, oh my God, read this, right? Like that's like so specific to like this one core of my identity. And then Rough Magic is like, oh my God, if I like this, I know I'm going to be buying this for everybody. So I was just like, wow, that's really good. But then Rachel, huh, 
pulling at my heartstrings about Eurovision because I am Eurovision obsessed. I don't know how many of your listeners know this, but I did my master's thesis on the cultural implications of Eurovision. So I've read like every single book before that was published before 2012 when it comes to Eurovision and space opera. I'm looking it up. It came out in 2018. So obviously I'd not read it. I've never heard of this. I cannot believe I've never heard of this because this is the kind of book that you put the word Eurovision. I'm reading it. (laughs) That's what I was hoping. Yes. (laughs) Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, holy God, like these women, I feel like I need to hire you for like real matchmaking now because you guys did such a good job on, on this. Um, So wait, what am I supposed to do now? I'm supposed to pick one. You have to pick just one of these. Okay. Um, Man. All right. Uh, Let's go with process of elimination. So the book I would read last is Rough Magic. So sorry, that's out. All right. So um, Green Shore, it's a book about the 67 military coup in the heart of a family. Hmm. Personal and political. Okay. But then Space Opera is about science fiction so see, I don't, I've never read a lot of science fiction. Oh, this is really tough. I think, I think for this round, I'm going to go for the green shore. <laughs> Completely understandable. <laughs> it's, it is a very beautiful book, but I will say I have read Rough Magic and, and it is the kind of book you described. You read it and you're like, wow, I, this is so random. It's about a Mongolian horse race. Everybody needs to read this book. So I'm echoing everybody needs to read it. It is, it is so good. But Oh, yeah. I know exactly. Like I know just the way Kristen described Rough Magic. I was like, oh, that's the book I'm going to like tell all of my followers to read. Like I know, I know what that book is. Um, so we'll leave that last. And then <laughs> this is really tough. I, I just need you all to know. Okay. So that was a difficult choice for matchmaker Maria, but at the end of the first round, she chose The Green Shore by Natalie Bacopoulos. And that means Elena ends this round with 20 points while Kristen and I still have to catch up. Welcome back to the second round of Blind Date with a Book. It's a new round with three great new recommendations. But the same point system, currently Elena's in the lead as we go into this section. So Elena, can you go ahead and give Matchmaker Maria your second round pick? Definitely. Okay, so before telling you my second round pick, I'm going to make a confession. On Sunday mornings when I sit down with the New York Times, yes, I got the actual paper, I skip right ahead to the vows section. That's the part where it lists who got married, who their parents are, how they met, all those fun details. The announcements may feature over the moon newlyweds, but they're not quite romantic. Instead, they're testament to the important role marriage still plays in our society. They kind of show marriage as the union of families and fortunes, and they define who falls into the category of elite while perpetuating the very existence of that category. Anyway, my second pick is about the creation of the vow section. The book I picked is called Mergers and Acquisitions or Everything I Know About Love I Learned on the Wedding Pages. And it's written by Kate Doty, a former writer and reporter for the New York Times wedding section. Soon into her tenure at the paper in the early 2000s, Kate got assigned to the wedding speed and found herself in a world that sort of resembles Edith Wharton's Gilded Age Manhattan more than the 21st century. One of her jobs was to call couples and fact check their interviews. The people she encountered could all work as the sides on Sex in the City. You can practically 
usually hear Carrie's voiceovers. At the same time as she's interviewing couples and learning about their paths to the altar, she starts to fall in love and compares her journey to theirs. Taking a behind-the-scenes look at a certain era in journalism, the book is gossipy, fun, and fascinated by the social function of love. As you well know, it's not only about the romance. And that book is Mergers and Acquisitions by Kate Doty. Okay, so Elena's second-round pick is Mergers and Acquisitions, or Everything I Know About Love I Learned on the Wedding Pages by Kate Doty. Okay, Kristen, what's your second-round pick? All right, in my second-round pick, I steered away from... Love and matchmaking, because one detail that I noticed about your questionnaire is your love of family. Your dream Saturday involves a cookout with your kids and watching the Eurovision final, while one of your recent favorite reads, The Island, which Elena mentioned earlier, is a story about family secrets and legacy. With that in mind, I'd like to recommend Sanjana Safian's Gold Diggers. Gold Diggers just came out this year. And it's a family saga about two teenagers growing up in suburban Georgia in immigrant households in the early aughts. Neil is suffering under the weight of his family's expectations, just as his best friend and neighbor, Anita, starts to leave him behind for the cool crowd at their high school. When Neil discovers that Anita's family has the ability to turn the ambitions of others into a magical potion that could give him a leg up in the world, he finds a compelling shortcut to dealing with the pressures of the model minority myth. The novel spans decades, switchbacks from Bombay to Berkeley, and even involves a jewelry heist. Most importantly, though, Safian asks compelling questions about what it means to make space for your story in a country that asks everything from the people who move here in search of the American dream. I also think if you're short on time, this could be a great audiobook choice. It's propulsive, the pace is great, and it's a really sort of juicy story. Okay, so Kristen's second round pick is Gold Diggers by Sanjana Sathian. So you say in your questionnaire that you like good things to happen to you, but you've also shown in books that you've enjoyed that you don't shy away from messy relationships and wondering why people cheat. So I'm recommending to you one of my favorite reads from last year, Luster by Raven Leilani. Luster is a propulsive read as well. So you want to talk about unputdownable. This is the kind of book that the sentences will draw you in. The main character is Edie. She's a 23-year-old Black woman who is lost and lonely in New York City. We begin the novel in the middle of a terrible date with a married man and are rocketed into the bad decisions of this heroine as we see how messy her life can be. Messing can describe a lot of modern books, but Leilani places her heroine in the weirdest possible scenario of moving in with the wife and adopted daughter of the man she's seeing. Parts of this book made me gasp, some made me laugh, but all of it made me want to keep reading. This book is addictive. Who is involved with whom here and whose life will be the most changed by all of these weird relationships? So that is Luster by Raven Leilani. So your second round picks are Elena's pick, which is Mergers and Acquisitions or Everything I Know About Love I Learned on the Wedding Pages by Kate Doty, Kristen's pick, Gold Diggers by Sanjana Sathian, or Luster by Raven Leilani, my second round pick. Okay, Matchmaker Maria, what sounds best for you to take out? This is a hard round as well because, you know, part of me is wants to choose Elena's pick. Because it's like, oh, that sounds like amazing. I want to read about that. But then the other part of me is like, no, fuck off. I don't want to, sorry for cursing. I don't want to, um, I shouldn't be, I, I need to stop reading about relationships. Like I, when I read right now, I want to read about not 
love and not marriage. I want my brain to like turn off from work because I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to like highlight stuff and quote it at work and all that stuff. So I think this round, Elena is not going to be the winner. I'm going to definitely read her book first, (laughs) but I don't, I don't want to go on a date with it. I think I want to learn it just for work. So that's out now. Now it's up to luster. And what was the other one? Gold diggers. Gold diggers. Okay. So, you know, this is really, this was really tough because you both made really good cases with regards to like the books. Um, I think my gut is telling me to choose gold diggers. That is fair. This is actually one of the books that's on the top of my TBR. So it's like Kristen read my mind. And I think you are not going to be disappointed with that choice. I also feel like I need to read Gold Diggers because I'm I'm just going to assume a movie's going to be made based on the summary that Kristen gave. Oh, man, and, I hope uh, so. I'd like to be one of those pretentious people that are like, well, the book was better than the movie. And I never get to do that. If you do ever feel, though, like a steamy read filled with, you know, filled with lots of bad decision making, <laughs> Luster is a perfect pick. Um, I, I mean, listen, all six books have made it to my Amazon yes. list of recommendations. That's awesome. And I plan on reading all of them. We love to hear that. <laughs> but if you can also consider maybe what what's your lo- local indie bookstore of choice? Where do you stop by? Oh, that's a great question. Um, So I don't know if there's a lot of independent bookstores where I live, but if I do want independent bookstore, my go-to is The Strand. We we love indie bookstores too. So maybe maybe one of those move out of your cart and like go and and enjoy the city a little bit and (laughs) and think about. You know what? You're right. I will purchase all six at The Strand. But I still promote all six in my Amazon. Like I have like a little Perfect. Amazon storefront just to like where people look for recommendations. But um, but I will definitely purchase all six from an independent bookstore. You're absolutely right. Woohoo! We love to hear it. All right. So where that leads us at the end of this round is that um, Kristen won with her uh, second round pick of Gold Diggers by Sanjana Sathian. And so we are actually tied at the end of the regular points here. So Elena has 20 points and Kristen has 20 round 20 points. Um, so the way that we handle this situation, Maria, is that if you were setting up a client and there were two people who, you know, you were considering for somebody and they were equally compatible in lots of different ways, your client would probably want to be matched with the hotter person. Um, <laughs> so we are going to, uh, describe the covers of these books and you are going to pick the winner of today's episode based on which cover you think is most attractive. I've seen the covers. I would love for you to describe it for your audience, but I already have a winner in my Oh head. my gosh. This is so stressful. Okay. So she's, on. she's seen the covers. Okay. Who wants to go first, Kristen or Elena? I can go first because I presented it first. So the green shore is on a teal background and in the middle, it's a very simple cover and in the middle of the cover is a like a metal bowl and inside are five eggs, um, the, the red eggs that are dyed red for Easter, like within the Greek Orthodox tradition. And I think that just calls back to the fact that this book is set in Greece, but it doesn't look essentially Greek because this isn't like about romping around on an island. Like it defies stereotypes and it's a very simple cover. 
All right, Kristen, what does your cover look like? All right, Gold Diggers um, has a very text prominent cover. So um, the the details for the cover are finer and sort of smaller in 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 relationship to the the title, which has a prominence. But there's a lovely um, lemon tree um, kind of branch that's prominent on the top part of the book, um, which is a reference to the elixir that the family brews um, to help people succeed in life. Um, There's little tassel details and in each of the four corners there's a suburban house kind of peeking out and the the colors are teal and like this ruby red and yellow. All right so don't hold us in suspense any longer Maria. Which cover did you pick? As someone who is a big fan of Wes Anderson films um Gold Diggers is by far the winner here. And in fact, I hope this novel is the kind of book that would um, inspire Wes Anderson to possibly even direct the movie. (laughs) We will add him. I can totally see that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll add him for this episode. We'll just set up this deal. So the winner of today's episode is Kristen. That means that in our show notes, we're going to be linking to Loyalty Bookstore in Washington, D.C., Congratulations, Loyalty. Congratulations, Kristen, for an excellent episode. Yay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You have no idea, Maria. We have had a, like, four-game winning streak for Elena, so it is so satisfying. (laughs) I think we're all happy all around. (laughs) I'm very happy, too. I just can't get over how, like, how, you know, you guys just made these like amazing recommendations and I'm just so touched. I, I, I remember filling out that questionnaire a couple months ago and I was like, I hope these answers are okay. Like, I think I was a little sassy, but I guess it was really accurate because you did a really good job at depicting the kind of stuff that I would want. And I suck at trying to find books in general. And, you know, I think you really nailed it. And going forward, I'll be listening to your podcast religiously to get more book recommendations um, and I will definitely be referring people to your podcast because this is genius. Oh, thank you so much, Maria. That means so much. We are so glad you could join us today. Um, and you'll have to update us if you like any of those books. So let our, let our audience know, where can we find you on the internet? I think the most accessible place to find me on the internet is, um, on Instagram. I'm at matchmaker Maria. And if you want to learn more about me or work with me, the link in the bio will take you to all of all the corners of my world. Fantastic. Okay. Elena, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at, at Elena wonders and also on at books and Elena. And I'm also on Twitter at Elena wonders. And I also just really, really want to plug Maria's Instagram because it's absolutely the greatest thing on the internet. She does this weekly show where she answers people's questions. And I I've screenshot so many of these pieces of advice. So y'all need to follow this. It is, it is just internet gold. Is it only dating advice? No, not no. Eighty percent of it is dating advice. Gotcha. That's awesome. All right, Kristen, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter way too often at at paper alphabet. That's P A P E R alphabet. And I am also on Twitter at R M McKenny M C K E N N Y, and I'm also on Instagram, uh, not giving dating advice at Rachel Mans McKenny. 
You can also find all the books we talked about today in our show show notes, and all the links are going to go to Loyalty Bookstore. And you can find our show online at blinddatewithabookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books that you have fallen in love with recently. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mans McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mans McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. And we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.